We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for some rapid fire? I am, and I I apologize for uh, my my mini whiteboard segment there. I just got a my tools were not cooperating with me, but I hope everyone understood what I was trying to get at. <laughs> we're gonna have to fix your whiteboard for next time, but that's yes, okay. I will practice it. All right, yeah, we do kind of have to keep moving because we we have the interview uh, coming up here in a little bit as well. So first, we appreciate you know like the the. Guys on and gals on the board have been awesome because they've been providing us some good content for rapid fire. So there's uh, this is that's where I saw this on our champions lounge. There's this girl on TikTok who has what she calls her red flags football edition. She gives tips to girls who are interested in guys who like sports. Have you seen this by any chance? <laughs> I haven't. I think it's kind of okay. funny though. Okay. So one of her red flags that she lists, she went through this list of red flags. If he thinks Marcus Freeman is going to win a national championship at Notre Dame before Brian Kelly wins one at LSU, that's a red flag, she says. (laughs) Your thoughts on that, Jesse? I think that first and foremost, it is not a red flag, and it, it seems that Whoever this is, is kind of following the Brian Kelly trend of the way he kind of said why he departed Notre Dame and why he wanted to go on. More on that to come. More on that to come in the next question. But yeah. (laughs) And so it just feels like that it it was just kind of following the crowd in some regards. Right. It's like, oh, well, of course, LSU is going to have a better opportunity. They play in the SEC. They won a national championship not too long ago. You know, Brian Kelly made the statement that he can't recruit there and blah, 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 blah. I just feel like that's a an easy, clickable thing that's just like, oh, if I say this, you know, no one's going to be like, oh, this this chick doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, or, oh. you know, the, the, the bigger question is, it, do you think LSU is going to win a national championship before Notre Dame wins a national championship? You know, because obviously – you know the uh, the 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 gist of that topic is you know you're you're crazy if you think that that's going to happen. So I don't. Th- <laughs> I'm going to put it like this, and I know that we're all Notre Dame fans here. If I'm a bad man, and I had to place two futures, I would feel more comfortable 
saying that LSU would win it before Notre Dame did. And that's not a dig at anyone, you know, Notre Dame or, or anything specifically. I just look at what Brian Kelly accomplished last season as a first-year head coach and getting an influx of a second-year group, uh, beating Alabama last year, you know, all the things that he did. I, I would say that at the end of the day, it's I, they're pretty even, but if I had to lean towards one way or the other, I would say that LSU stood a little bit better of a chance. I mean, you know, facts are facts. LSU has won three championships in the last 20 years. Notre Dame's only won one in the last 35. I mean, love the way recruiting is going for Marcus Freeman right now. I, I, I You know, I, I think we were all a little bit shocked with the record Brian Kelly pulled down there at LSU in year one. But, you know, they're still talking about what the SEC is going to do with their scheduling. If they're going to go to a nine-game schedule with the expansion once Texas and Oklahoma come aboard and they're talking about three permanent opponents per year and one of those permanent opponents is going to be for you know for LSU is going to be Alabama it's going to be Alabama Ole Miss and Texas A&M now that's not necessarily a murderer's row you know just those three but obviously Alabama as long as Nick Saban is there is you know it's uh it's a tougher road for Brian Kelly for one I don't you know I I said when he left, you know, I I guess I can understand because when you look at the fact that Les Miles and Ed Orgeron have won two of those national championships, I do think Brian Kelly is a better head coach than both. You can see why he would, you know, kind of uh, be wanting to make that move because he obviously thinks recruiting is easier down there. But I, I just I, – the numbers say LSU has the better chance. My gut tells me I don't think LSU has the better chance between the two. I like the way Notre Dame continues to trend. And, and uh, if, if I had a, a saw buck or two to, to lay down it, I, I would, I would, I would slide it over to the Irish before I would put it on the Tigers. <laughs> two other things in that, that I, that I thought were funny. And again, like, you know, yes, we're talking about TikTok. I thought it was some funny stuff. That's why we brought it up and it was Notre Dame related, but another red flag. Uh, if, if he thinks Deion Sanders is going to win seven games at Colorado this season, I mean, I can all get behind that because that's red flag. And if he thinks Jimbo Fisher is going to give the full reins of his offense to Bobby Petrino, another red flag. I mean, these are, there's some fairly solid points in there, even if she is a, a you know, a, a pretty obvious SEC supporter. So I thought it was, I thought it was funny stuff. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And it just, um, it just kind of shows, you know, the reach now that a lot of these, um, I guess you would call like social entertainers, you know, wh whatever so social personalities are kind of getting. You're seeing a lot of people. Ex and Colorado has a solid chance to, to get to seven recruits that Dion's bringing in. I think of those three, I think that has the highest opportunity, in, in my opinion. You think year one, Dion's got a chance to get him to seven wins? I do, actually. Ooh, I do. Man, I don't know. I don't know. That's a big that's a big ask in year one, even if it is the Pac-12. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. 
And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. But with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com irish. That's athleticgreens.com irish. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So speaking of Brian Kelly, he was on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast, and he had this to say about leaving Notre Dame for LSU with the Irish in the middle of a college football playoff chase, uh, what, about a year and a half ago now at this point. Quote, I think that's overblown a little bit. We weren't right in the middle of it. We kind of knew where we were going to be in terms of that, but that's neither here nor there, end quote. Uh, fair or foul? Uh, fair or BS, actually? BK's comments, Jess. <laughs> I think those are predominantly pretty fair. I mean, let's be honest. Notre Dame at the time had, you know, two losses. They don't have a conference championship to fall back on. So was there like a, a chance, an opportunity? Sure. But I think we all understood predominantly that that wasn't going to happen. And so if you say, you know, everyone, if you, if you say that you're pissed off because he left, in the middle of a potential, you know, college football playoff berth, I think there was like a 10% chance, but I think we all predominantly understood based on Notre Dame's past on how they've gotten in and when they've fallen short that a two-loss Notre Dame team more than likely wasn't going to go in. So I think that what he said is predominantly fair um, at the end of the day. Well, here's the problem, though, because it's easy for him after the fact, you know, to say this now a year and a half later. In the moment he did it, remember, this was right after the Stanford game and the conference championship games had yet to be played. You know, the conference championship games were the following weekend. Notre Dame is ranked sixth in the playoff standings at that time. Oklahoma State is one spot ahead of them at number five. And again, BK takes the job before the conference championship games. What happens in the conference championship games? 
Oklahoma State loses to Baylor in the Big 12 title game. And so when that happened, the SEC championship game after that, if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game, Notre Dame is going to be in the playoffs. Whether they were going to succeed in the playoffs or not, Notre Dame was going to be in the playoffs. So I call total BS on this. You know, to, <laughs> to say that it's overblown, he's saying it's overblown that people say, you know, he left Notre Dame while the Irish were in the, the chase for the playoff. They were still in the thick of things. And, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse because we've we've kind of beaten this, but he was asked about this this week and he did answer it. And that's how he answered it by saying that it was overblown. It was not overblown. It was fairly blown. It's <laughs> what it was because they were in the thick of the playoff race and he bolted. So that's, you know, all that happened before, you know, he took the job before all of that happened, you know, waiting for the results to happen. His team was ranked number six in the country with a chance to make the playoffs still. Go ahead. No, I just, I, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a good look that he just bolted out the door after building up this program for, you know, however many prior years when his team stood a good shot at the national level and definitely at the, you know, the a New Year's Six bowl game right. uh, level. And it's just, yeah. I'll never understand his departure. I think, you know, again, not to be a dead horse, but the way he departed after everything that went into his tenure at this university is the thing that's always going to shock me the most. Because tenure? He had 12-year. <laughs> <laughs> but it just feels like Ricky you know, it, it just quote. felt like all this spite all of a sudden. And it's like there was no spite, you know? Like yeah. you built your family and, and so many other things here. And it's like you're at he acted like Notre Dame just kicked him out. But he was the one who just kicked Notre Dame out and was like, I'm done with this place altogether. Right. And like Tommy Gunn said, I'm not pissed he left, you know. And that's like no one was – in the moment when it happened, there there was that initial shock like people couldn't believe it. And then, you know, as, as the information started to come out on how he handled it with the team and all these other things, that's when people really just said, all right, whatever. And I, I do think that – for the long term, um, where Notre Dame is right now and where they can be, I, I I do think when you have a guy who needs to basically go coupon clipping, you know, to do his recruiting, you know, he needs it more convenient for him so that it's it's not as hard, you know, on him to to go out and do his recruiting. You're better off with a guy who's willing to do the work, you know, because as we've seen from Marcus Freeman and the staff, they're more than willing to do the work and it's paying much higher dividends than what it was paying when Brian Kelly was here. And I mean, just look at the quarterback position. We talked in detail about how different the one through four, the quarterback room looks right now compared to even a year ago, let alone really at any point, I think, during the Kelly era. So I, I think it's just going to continue to reap rewards down the road. Oh yeah, I, the the state of the program overall is just in so much better shape. It's just like you just feel so much more positivity and just like uh, caring and compassion first and foremost of you know players and coaching staff and everything. Like it just doesn't feel like there's any animosity. Like I, I think you could go up to every person and ask every player and ask them about Marcus Freeman, and they'd have something nice to say. And I don't think you could say the same for Brian Kelly if you went up and asked every player mm -hmm. about how they felt about their head coach.
So the NFL Sunday ticket, of course, we knew it was leaving DirecTV after more than two decades. It's going to YouTube TV this season. And YouTube released its prices for the package Woo. this week. Woo. Oh, man. I mean, buckle up. I might take uh, if, out a loan. If you're a current YouTube TV subscriber, it's going to cost you 349 bucks for the season, an extra 40 bucks to add on Red Zone. Non-YouTube TV subscribers will pay... Four forty nine for the season and the extra forty bucks for Red Zone. They are offering a hundred dollars off if you subscribe before June sixth. Is it worth it, Jesse, for what you have to pay for um, Sunday ticket? I was try. I had Red Zone on my mind for some reason, but for Sunday ticket, <laughs> no. I mean, this is extraordinary. So you're telling me that because I have Hulu. And, you know, Netflix and like uh, Apple TV and I don't have YouTube TV. I have to pay four hundred and fifty dollars for the ticket. And then if I want Red Zone, four dollars. So you're basically telling me I need to pay five hundred dollars, half a grand just to have every football game the entire season. I think that's ridiculous. Those prices are absurd. And just to put it into comparison, it's it's more. It's not a whole lot more, but it is more than what you had to pay with direct TV. There's there's like <laughs> It's a premium price, you know? Right. And just to put it into comparison, I mean, I signed up for MLB TV this year. That's $150 for the whole year. That's 162 games for every team. Like, I mean, that's ridiculous. I I know that, like, baseball isn't as frequent as much as football and, like, the demand or whatever isn't nearly as high. But, I mean, come on. I get $150. I get every game for every, you know, throughout the entire year. And I bought a VPN okay. so I let can me, watch my local teams too. <laughs> let me ask it differently because Father's Day is coming up. You know, my birthday is in October. You know, is your dad worth the price? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send it because, to you and ask if you were going to buy because that's a lot of money. You know, it's really got me thinking. And I'll have to sit back and, and look at some things. And I know, like, I heard some... Some people talking about this on one of the sports media podcasts about like if you're a Cowboys fan or if you're a fan of, you know, one of the premier teams like the Cowboys, the Steelers, maybe not as much the Patriots anymore because they aren't as good. But like a lot of the, you know, like the Cowboys are going to be on a lot of national games. And, you know, they were trying to make the case that, well, it's only one or two games that that you would have to miss if you're a fan of one of those teams because they're on national TV that much. And that's. That's an exaggeration. It's still about half the schedule that you're like, if you want to watch every game, it's about half the schedule. My issue is once November rolls around and I've got basketball commitments, they're playing games every Sunday. So, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know what to do because what happens is I do get pissed off when I'm sitting here on Sunday and the Cowboys are playing and all I've got is the crappy bears or a lions game on TV or a Colts game. And I want to watch the Cowboys. That's how I ended up with Sunday ticket for as long as I did. So it's, it's a real dilemma for me because I want to watch my team, which is why Sunday ticket, you know, they know, they know they have you over a barrel because for that, for that very reason, even if, even if Dallas is going to have a lot of the primetime slots, it's still about half the schedule that I'm going to have to try to watch it's distressing jesse well it's also so like 
<laughs> very distressing. I understand. <laughs> I understand you're hurt right now. Um, so the way I look at it too is say you go the route of, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to get it. I'll just go to the local bar and find the game on. Well, by the time you go to the bar, you order you're some wings. You're going to shell out all that money you and have beer, the beer and wings. Yeah, exactly. Right. So then you're, you're spending probably 40 bucks. And if you're the Cowboys, that's times eight. I mean, that's $320 of just half the game. So you might as well just buy the ticket at that point. And I think that's right. where they know they get you. And that's the unfortunate part about everything in this world uh, to come back to a, a bigger, more global picture is they set those prices because people pay those prices, you know? And if we as a society did not pay or, you know, decide that we were going to stand our ground, then the prices would come down. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. People are going to pay it and it's going to stay at that price. And it might even get worse next season if enough people buy it. I know. I know. So it's, I wonder, the price is outrageous, but what are you supposed to do? I wonder what the multiple login thing is you know like if three people split it for example you know could we could we do multiple <laughs> logins this is going to have to be tested i think so stay tuned i mean you know i'm going to end up getting it but it's i'm i'm, I'm looking at sticker <laughs> shock right now i know i was going to say at. i know you're going to end up with it so you <laughs> might as well just rip the band-aid right off that's right fortunately for your mother it'll come out of my my uh personal account so <laughs> All right, so MLB's new pitch clock has cut about half an hour off game times this season, and that's led to an unintended consequence. Beer sales have been dropping in ballparks, so a few teams have extended their beer sales until the eighth inning rather than the seventh inning, where it's traditionally been cut off for, for several years in ballparks. Do you buy or sell them extending beer sales into the eighth inning? So there's two sides of this argument. And the first one is I, I saw the quote today from a Phillies pitcher, Matt Strom. I'm just going to kind of, you know, say what he said and then give the other side of it. He said, you know, the reason we stopped selling the alcohol in the seventh was to give our fans the time to sober up and drive home safe. So now with a faster paced game, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sell back? to the sixth inning, right? Like it should, it should technically. He's saying it should go the other way. It should go the other way because the games are faster. And so those last two innings are actually going to go by even quicker. And so you, you need to push it to the sixth inning to give, you know, the, the fans time to sober up. Instead, we're going to go to the eighth. And now you're putting our fans and, and our families in risk by driving home with people who just drank a beer 22 minutes before the game ended. So that's the one side of the argument. The other side of the argument is you don't go to the bar and get hammered and then decide you're going to drive home. That was going to so be my point. why put yourself in that spot at the ballpark? It all comes down to responsibility at the end of the day. And so I do think. Are you saying responsibility matters, Jesse? Isn't that a. <laughs> I do. Uh, I'm saying that yes, it, it should it should be pushed back. I do buy that it should be pushed back because it's just like any other drinking setting. You don't drive unless you feel as a person you've done enough to sober up and be responsible. So. You know, if that's the case, then you shouldn't be drinking to begin with. And so I'm okay with pushing the sales back. It's just you have to be a responsible person. So don't blame the yes. ballpark for that's... putting you in the spot. It's just like going to the bar and deciding when you need to cut yourself off at the Preach. end of the night. And I'm not like a bar person, as you know, but, you know, like not now in my younger days, you know, I might have gone to one or two. But yeah, that is that is exactly it. What's the difference? You know, you're talking about. In the past, you had a three-hour game, so now you have a two-and-a-half-hour game. So you're at the ballpark 
for three hours. How is that worse? Like than the guy who goes to the bar or girl, you know, whoever who goes to the bar at seven o'clock and stays till closing at 2 a.m. You know, you're, you're there almost twice as long at the bar. And by nature of being at the bar, you're going to be drinking more than if you're at the ballpark. It, 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 comes down to what you're talking about regardless if it's ballpark bar wherever it happens to be it is still on the consumer to be the responsible one and because you're over 21 you're all adults so be the responsible adult and like john christophic said it they should never cut off sales why should you have to because again it's like it's a three hour two and a half to three hour period versus if you are actually at the bar, there are plenty of people who are there for, you know, four, five, six, you know, many more hours than at the ballpark. So what's the Oh, yeah. And it, especially I don't understand in, why they've ever cut it off. In a lot of ballparks, you know, I, I can't attest to every ballpark because I've not been to all of them. But like you look at some of the more popular ones like Wrigleyville and, you know, Fenway, like there's bars right across the street. People literally leave the ballpark and continue their drinking across the street at whatever bar they're at. So again, it's it's not on the ballpark to determine the responsibility of when it's time to stop drinking. It's up to you as the drinker to be like, oh, you know, I need to get home here in a couple of bit. I probably shouldn't have a beer in the eighth inning. And then yeah. maybe there's a guy who's completely sober. It's like, you know what? I would like one more beer in the eighth inning before this game ends. It's like, well, yeah. And as Chi-Town says in the Budweiser bleachers, he's talking about Wrigley. Most people just buy two or three beers in the seventh inning. And now, you know, a lot of these vendors do have limits. Like you can only get two, I believe, you know, two at a time basically. But uh, I mean, you know, you can, you and your, your buddies can all go up and grab a couple and then go sit them down and, you know, go get more. It's like, that's, that's the way around it. And I mean, if you're at the ballpark and you're just drinking to get tanked anyway, it's like, what are you doing? The beer's so expensive to begin with, you know, like, it's like I just want to I just want a couple extra beers. I'm not there to get tanked. I just want, you know, the beer. Speaking of baseball, Salt Lake City's pushing for an MLB expansion team. There are currently 30 Major League Baseball teams. So start with this. Do you buy or sell Major League Baseball expansion? I do. And I read a really interesting, not to get too deep into this because I know we have, you know, that there's like a question within the question. But I would be in favor of expansion of two more teams, um, getting to 32, divide it down the middle, have 16 on each, and then four divisions of four instead of three divisions of five. That would be my proposal. Um, and I read this really interesting piece on The Athletic, not trying to plug The Athletic, but they said <laughs> if they were to expand, that they would consider, you know, again, going to the four divisions of four and doing basically a division realignment and going basically geographically um, yeah, I've, I've of, seen I've seen some of those proposals. I think right, it's very so interesting. You would go like like the Cubs, for example, would have like Milwaukee, Minnesota, and the White Sox in their division because mm-hmm. of you know just geographically playing those teams. You play those teams the most, so put them the closest together, and then that way you would get more fans too. Like more Chicago fans would be inclined to go to Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Chicago, other, the White Sox because they're so close. Like it would be more even kind of. Would you really want to put in Minnesota there? Like, wouldn't you want the Cardinals to be? I get, I get that the Cardinals are closer to Kansas City and Minnesota is a little bit farther north, but I don't know. I would personally, I would like St. Louis just so that kind of rivalry and tradition. Yeah. You know, 
would continue on. But back to the original question, I am in, in, in agreement of expansion, but I really don't like the idea of Salt Lake City, to be honest with you. Um, some of the cities you start looking on. at. Hang on. I'm I'm not I, I'm not completely convinced that we need expansion, you know, like because there are some teams and you know as as thin as pitching gets stretched as it is, you know, it's like, do we really have enough quality <laughs> pitching and, and players for two more teams? Every time you expand, you water things down. But like that whole realignment thing does kind of intrigue me, especially with, with everyone looking for ways to make more money and trim some fat as well. Now, I'll, I'll, you were getting ready to jump right into the next question. So I'll <laughs> go there with that one. If baseball does expand, so you've got, these are the potential cities, Las Vegas, Portland, Nashville, Montreal, Charlotte, Salt Lake City. Which of those two would you prefer to have teams in? I think Las Vegas is oversaturated and I get why it's so compelling because you have so many people there and it's like, it's just the easiest thing to do. People love to come to Vegas. It, it gives them something to do. Right. But I, I I'm, I'm sold. I I'm sold on that. I think Vegas is too saturated. Portland doesn't interest me. Salt Lake city doesn't interest me. Like there's a reason why you look at an MLB map. I mean, outside of California, uh, there's like no teams on the Western half. You got Colorado in the middle and then, you know, Seattle up in the, the north uh, northwest corner. I mean, baseball is a predominantly you know east eastern sport uh, to begin with, and I think that's for a reason. Like, there's not I, I, there's not a lot to do out there in those northwest cities. I don't think that you get it enough of appeal. Like, I think you know you look at some of the NBA teams up there, the Trailblazers and the the, the Jazz. Like, they have issues themselves, and I know basketball is different than baseball, but I just don't see it being the same. I if I had to go two cities that I would really like. I think Charlotte and Nashville would be at the top of my list for where oh. my MLB expansion teams would be. And I so think you, Nashville would be really good because they, there's, there's already a ton to do there. They got, you know, the predators, they, they got, um, they got the football stadium right down the road and the Titans. I think they'd have no issues with dropping a baseball team there and having a lot of success. They do support the hockey team there. I would be curious to see if they really support baseball because I, I, I liken it a little bit to the Tampa area because Nashville, as big as it's becoming, there are a lot of transplants in Nashville, just like, you know, again, Tampa or Miami or wherever they're, they're, they're fans of other teams, like they're Northeastern type people, Boston, New York, you know, those kind of fans, Philly and from that area. So like, would they really support baseball? And that would be my question in all of these markets because they are smaller markets. Like there's talk about, you know, the Raiders already, left Oakland to go to Las Vegas. There's been talk over the last year or so about the A's doing the same because of the whole stadium issue that they've got there. And, you know, wouldn't that be crazy if, if both Oakland teams bolted for, for Las Vegas, but in all of these, like the Pacific Northwest, I just don't see Portland and Seattle as viable. Like you would have a, a, a closer rival, but I just don't see the population being able to support two major league teams like that a hundred, you know, for basically 81 home dates per season. I see that as an issue for all these, you know, Montreal for as long as the Expos were there and Chi town said, bring the Expos back. I just, you know, there's a reason they left Montreal to begin with. They had a lot of empty stadiums at the end and they, you know, they had a hard time trying to succeed. And you, you know, you, you throw in the fact that you are like when you're talking about TV markets and all that stuff, does that do anybody? Major League Baseball, any good? I don't know. So I'm just, 
I'm not ex- like I I wouldn't mind expansion and that realignment like you're talking about, but of these options, Nashville probably does make the most sense. I, again, I don't know about Charlotte. Las Vegas almost by default probably makes the most sense. And I'm not completely sold on that either. But just because of the you know what the markets are, I, I have a hard time seeing them being able to support Major League Baseball year-round. Will you uh, pull up my screen real quick? Uh-oh. We're going to get a bonus. We're going to get a <laughs> bonus whiteboard here. So can you see it? It shows like this map of all the MLB stadiums. Yes. So to me, it, it, there's just like this, and you can see my mouse, like there's just this big hole in like the North Carolina, South Carolina region. And like, I mean, really like outside of Florida, Atlanta is like the true only Southern team in all of baseball. Right. So it's like, to me, there's just this big, but all of those, all of those gap states. Here. Most of those states, with the exception of Atlanta, are not densely populated. So, you know, most of those That's fans, true. you know, just like just like a lot of Iowa fans and Nebraska fans and even Arkansas and, and Oklahoma, like the Royals market to that whole area. And yes, by the way, Derek, I uh, I did see your comment. They should get a team in <laughs> Kansas City. Ha, ha, ha. Did just win a World Series eight years ago, but, you know. <laughs> It'll probably be another 30 before they're a contender again, but I get it. Yeah. So what about like Charleston, South Carolina? Is that too, do you think that might be too dense? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to say it's probably not South Carolina market size. Charlotte's probably going to be your best bet of the two, but I, I just, and that's really... right on the border of the Carolinas too. So I think that's why you could get away with it. And you got, right. you know, the Panthers are there. You got, um, who else is in freaking, oh, the, the Charlotte uh, Hornets are there. So it's just like they've proven they have the market for it. But unfortunately, what's going to happen is they're just going to drop it in Vegas because that's what's going to make them the most money easily. They know that people are going to show up to Vegas. Right. All right, Jess, great stuff as always. Appreciate you. Um, Got this interview with Nick Maneri to get to now. So I will talk to you, Manana, when Vince and you and I are here for some Friday Rapid Fire. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. So we do have a special guest right now. And uh, this was recorded earlier, just so, you know, full disclosure in everything. But uh, Nick Maneri, former Notre Dame baseball player. And I'll just go ahead and, and uh, jump into it.
spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.